Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I'm Ollie Davis and I am joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Wrestle Talk Universe. Hello, Wrestle Talkers. Hello, Wrestle Talk Community. How are you, Oliver Davis? I'm not very good now you've called it the Wrestle Talk Community. Why? Well, because I gave you a specific list of words <laughs> to refer to at all time. This is a briefcase, not a lunchbox. I was listening uh, to. Uh, something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard mm. and I was listening to the WWE ECW uh, episode and Conrad brought up why uh, was asking why ECW wrestlers were referred to and they weren't superstars and they weren't wrestlers they were extremists mm. and uh, the ladies on ECW were not divas they were vixens and why why bother doing that sort of thing and Bruce Pritchard essentially said it's just like it's he never even said it's a branding thing. He just said it's a way for us to differentiate them from WWF superstars. He I he uh, Vince McMahon wanted to do away with the the world of professional wrestling. He didn't want professional wrestling to be said. So in the 80s people would say I'm the greatest wrestler in the World Wrestling Federation because that way you're not saying you're not putting anyone else into consideration. And by doing that, you're just focusing all of it on the on the sure, WWF. Yeah. So then after a while, that becomes common phrase. So then everyone says, I'm the best damn technical wrestler in the World Wrestling Federation. Uh, and then that is so they don't then stop becoming W become wrestlers, they become WWF superstars or WWE superstars. And then that extended they wanted to be ACW to be different. They didn't mm. want it to be like Raw and SmackDown. So they can't be superstars. They can't be wrestlers. So they're extremists. And they can't be divas. They can't be wrestlers. They've got to be vixens. I mean, it's a good patch for a crazy idea. So you, I guess you, you do what you can with what you're given. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, vix, really vi- calling wrestlers vixens and extremists is mm-hmm. is ridiculous. It's horrible, isn't it? It's, it's horrible. But uh, I guess if the option is to call them superstars and you don't want to be associated with that brand, it's something. <laughs> so, yes, we are still doing the audio intros to the podcasts. Why, feel, do, why do you keep saying we're still doing them? That makes it sound like it's something that we have done and have, and have regretted. Well, it's like a, it's a week. No, I like it. I like these <laughs> little preambles. I tease. So we've recorded the Wrestle Ramble now, haven't we? How did you think the show went? I thought it was a good show. I, I enjoyed it. I, I'm conscious that I spoke for about 10 minutes straight at one point. You went off on a tear. Not on a tear, really, but you went on a, a very impassioned speech. It wasn't a rant. It wasn't me going off on Randy Orton beating Jinder. But you did have a very impassioned speech about uh, the WWE Network, which I, I very much appreciated and I thought was excellent. And I was just going to echo anything you said anyway. So I'm glad you said it. Well, I really liked your uh, gender ones. So that was like the hot <laughs> tag a week later. It took me, it took me seven days to mm-hmm. recuperate from your uh, your epic gender rant. Which people told me I was wrong about. Madness. Oh, no, no. I think so. you were very correct. Well, uh, I, was, I was very correct. We've got some reviews to read out. Now, we have, uh, surprise, surprise, because we said we'd read out reviews and people's names and give cheap pops. That surprisingly uh, resulted in loads of reviews flooding through. So we're not going to get to all of the reviews that have been written. But we have read every single one, and we appreciate every single review that you have left us. So if your name isn't read out today, it's not because we don't love you. 
oh, and we don't want to give you a cheap pop. It's just that there's a lot of names to get through. And we know that there are people listening to this who just want to get through to the meat of the show. Mm. And there's, uh, well, we've added them to a list. The list! And we're going to work through the backlog. So hopefully we'll get to your reviews if you don't hear them here. At some point, they'll probably just end up with their own jingle. Yeah. And just become their own section of the show. So first up from Giorgio MMG1, Luke and Ollie in brackets, Wonder Ollie, are literally the greatest thing ever. I watch them on YouTube, but whenever I am driving, I throw this on. Subscribe, you won't forget it. Yeah, woo, 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 yeah, yeah. woo. Cheap up. Nick Wrestling says, you guys are fantastic. You both do a great job breaking down everything wrestling related. The only podcast worth listening to. Woo, woo, yeah. yeah. Too true, too true. So if you want your review read out on the show to get a cheap pop, do write... Possibly read out because we can't get... Possibly read out. (laughs) Uh, Please do write and review this on iTunes, preferably five stars, of course. Why would you do it if you didn't give us five stars? Uh, But should we get into the podcast? Let's do it. Top class rambling about to happen. Yeah. Because we hung out at the weekend. We certainly did. We went to go try on some suits yeah. uh, ahead of my wedding this coming October. For the new Groom Order. Groom, groom World Order. I think that's what oh. we... I think, well, that's what the comments suggested we called, which I think is a better name. Groom World Order makes more sense. Doesn't it just? I yeah. think new Groom Order mm. rolls off the tongue better. Maybe. Do you oh, go like, for something oh. that makes sense or something that sounds better? I mean, that's... Because WWE... I was going to say, that's a WWE trait yeah. right there, isn't it? Because you'd think that, like, the New Day, as a tag team name, isn't great. But it somehow works. Do you know what one of their um, pitched names were for, uh, for no. the New Day? Um, fresh Coat of Paint. Oh, really? Yeah, it was a genuine suggestion. There was uh, The New Day were on Jericho's podcast and told the story about all the dreadful names they were given uh, for their unit. Because they had like a theme song, and one of the lyrics in there was, uh, we're going to give you a fresh coat of paint. That's disgusting. <laughs> I've told you my uh, Dilbert theory before, though, that sometimes, because I've done it in the past, when you want someone to choose a particular name from a list of names that you've come mm-hmm. up with, you fill the rest of that list with awful suggestions. Uh, NXT wrestlers do it all the time, apparently, yeah. as well. When because when you join NXT, you have to su- you have to submit a list of names that you could work you think you could work with, mm. and then they pick one uh, from that list. So often wrestlers will just pick the name that they like, and then just fill it with awfulness um, uh, outside of that that list. That's one way to get in order it. to get your name picked. Yeah. Well, how do we still end up with Percy Watson then? How well, bad was Percy Watson's list no, for them no, to go, I'm, I'm, ah, that's a good Percy one. Percy Watson's a fine one. Uh, Mike M- Michael McGillicuddy? Yeah, that, that was, was bad. a bad one. Husky Harris? That was a pretty bad the one. new Bray Wyatt, of course. Yeah. Husky Harris, well, that was his first incarnation. I, actually, even Curtis Axel's not great. That's, that's not no. a, I, I don't know why they didn't just call him Joe Hennig. They're, they're, especially with the lineage of being Mr. Perfect's exactly. son. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, Larry Hennig's grandson. It was it's sort of that era of WWE from about 2007 to 2013, maybe, mm. where anyone who joined got a really rubbish name. And they're like, go on, try and get over. <laughs> you know, most of the time it did not work because you have very few stars created in that period. Some people get over to an extent, Dolph Ziggler being the one I'm thinking about, uh, awful name, awful but because name. he's so good, he managed to get to, he managed to get over. Was good. Yeah. Uh, but yes, the uh, the Green World Order, we, we tried on that suits. We tried on we suits. Watched, we watched Minoru Suzuki versus Kazuchika Okada. From the G1. From, from the G1, which was spectacular. Spectacular. And then we watched, because um, we oh my word, went yes. out and we had a couple of drinks. Yeah. Uh, and then we went back to uh, to my humble abode. And had some more drinks and had some pizza mm. while watching ECW Heatwave 1998, which was a corker of a show. It's a mixture of a corker and kind of just horrific in hindsight. I was going to say, like in yeah. watching it, like, you know, through the cold lights of 2017 eyes, it's like, oh, these poor lads because there was me yourself a chap called John all big wrestling fans but yes. then there were two noobs two normies I believe they're called <laughs> in the uh, yeah in the meme community and they were like oh uh, who's that guy uh, what are they up to now and most of the time our answers were kind of yeah, yeah. that guy's dead, dead. and yeah. that guy is 
He's also dead. Yeah, he's not in a good way. Uh, unfortunately, it did get to the point where we, I think we overestimated how many people were dead. <laughs> and we just thought, yeah, he's dead. And then one of us would get, no, 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 he's still alive. He's still, he's still kicking. Yeah, yeah, yeah checked, no, he's still yeah, alive. He's still... <laughs> God, yeah, some of the chair shots they took Well, I was going to say, day. because uh, anyone who's seen ECW One Night Stand 2005 will remember the Mike Horson Masate Tanaka match. What which a match. Was, what match a match of the night, on, oh, I think. What, and, uh, probably one of the matches of that year, in fact. Yes. It was a brutal match, but they also had that match on Heatwave 98 and it was just it was, great. It was, it was just really as good. stiff as then as well and you also had um, what was the other big match that had uh, Taz versus Bam Bam Bigelow which I really, really good really enjoyed really that. good match yeah and, but you also with the had famous a, suplex spot through, through the, the uh, through the, the ramp, yeah. yeah, through the ramp. That's it. Yeah, it was ECW's most profitable pay per view they ever did. Uh, so like five dollars, yeah, exactly, and net yeah. gain of five dollars. <laughs> We're in the Paul Heyman like skipping down the street. We got a successful show. Let's do another one. You also had the 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 ECW Tag Team Champions Rob Van Dam and Sabu. Oh, that was a corker. Yeah, defending against Hayabusa and um, someone else Meg, that we couldn't this. remember I can't remember who it is now uh, but yeah but that was also a phenomenal match it was so great because I, 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 I've got this thing whenever I say like do you know what I like about this wrestler um, this particularly works with uh, with Japanese wrestlers of why I like the look of Japanese wrestlers is because they always look like a baddie from something mm. and like what I like about Hayabusa he looks like a baddie from Streets of Rage yeah you said that line several times <laughs> substituting out the the 80s yeah. reference well we were talking about um, uh, thingy uh, Suzuki from mm. um, uh, not Suzuki that's Minoru Suzuki yeah, yeah Minoru Suzuki yeah, yeah. sorry I, was th- I suddenly said that I was like no, that's, the, that's the make of my car you know Yamaha <laughs> But I said he looks like a baddie from Kickboxer because mm. he does, and he, with that haircut he did, yeah. he looks like a proper baddie from Kickboxer. But uh, oh, it was a and the, what a main event as well! Six man tag that was of, really fun of the Dudley Boys, uh, Bubba Ray Devon and Big Dick Dudley mm. taking on the Sandman, Tommy Dreamer and Little Spike Dudley. That match was stiff all over the show, yeah. as uh, Kevin from the Attitude Era podcast would say. The Bubba Ray Dudley was put on this earth to throw Little Spike Dudley around and to slam him into the mat, and it was like he was trying to slam him into the earth itself. Yeah, Spike, uh, he took a lot of punishment. In the match. <laughs> it was a, it was a great show, but yeah, it does have that undercurrent of oh, oh man, there was some like there was some horrific oh. like unprotected chair shots to Sandman, mm. like just proper like reaching back and just full yeah. force like it's because back in the day I, I that would have been part of the course that's normal uh, and I remember when WWE rightfully changed to protected hair shots only and more protected their performers I was like oh but it just doesn't have the same effect you know when the elimination chamber yeah. the new elimination chamber they put the pads and, had, around, yeah. and I was like this just doesn't feel the same but you know what screw what I think in this instance <laughs> because it, it was you know, being unconditioned to the chair shots like that. It's just not nice to see. It's like it feels like a snuff movie uh, sometimes. I really hope we don't watch the G1 or this current stuff happening in New Japan over the last several years. Mm. Watch that back in 20 years time and go. Yeah. Uh, because it is almost 20 years from that ECW it show. It is, yes, 20 years next year, yeah. Uh, and we just go, ah, oh, yeah, most of those New Japan guys are either dead or brain dead. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, uh, just, there was some horrific stuff. And then today, we've also watched some uh, some more wrestling. We've watched wow. some more of the G1. Got to see Okada Omega 3. Yeah, so we didn't, we haven't seen the final. I know the results. Uh, Luke doesn't. No. But, uh, yeah, oh, blimey. Talking about great matches, yeah. there's just something else. Those but like, so I mean, you are a man with more know of uh, of New Japan than most. Unfortunately, we don't have uh, Edwards in the studio anymore yeah, to yeah. kind of fill us in on these sorts of things. I I, I hate it when you say this because <laughs> I've only been watching it since January. For, no, properly. I know, but like, I, so people are calling this like the greatest trilogy of matches yeah, of, uh, of all, all time, of all yeah. time. But is this the end of the Akada Omega storyline now? Because I was under the impression. And when I was watching this match, I was watching and thinking like, oh, do you know what I love about this match? It doesn't feel like it's the end of this mm, storyline. Mm, mm. It feels like this is just because they're not going like they're, they're not telling the same story they did in parts one and two. And it doesn't feel like they're trying to top that, which would what you would want to do for like the end of a trilogy. So it kind of felt like a almost like a um, an, an appendix, mm. an appendix match of just being, it's like a. This is when you split the last film in a trilogy, particularly yeah. in a book 
adaptation in films. Perfect this is analogy. part 3A. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah this is Deathly Hallows <laughs> part, part 1, yeah. whatever it is. So, like that that's that was sort of my feeling on it and I was expecting spoilers for for the match. I was expecting Okada to win mm. because I thought they were then going to go into they were essentially just going to be building up to that epic rematch for the IWGP Championship where Omega A finally hits the one-wing angel and B finally beats Okada and C finally wins the uh, the championship. That's where I thought they were building to, but no, this it, it appears like they ended it here. I yeah, I I don't think they do the great thing about uh, th- from what I see the way Jedo and Gado book New Japan is that you you'll think okay from a classic perspective this is the story they're telling and they'll give you something just as good but off in that direction. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what's happening here because really, you know, you'd you'd save that third encounter for the big uh, Tokyo Dome show at Wrestle Kingdom yeah, 12 next Wrestle year. Kingdom 12, yeah. But that isn't the way they're going. Um I, I don't want to spoil any results for the the climax the climax final. But that just as a brief recap, Akada and Omega had what Dave Meltzer rated as a six-star match on January 4th this year. They went 45 mi- around 45 minutes, I think. Hell of a match. Great match. But the thing is, Omega never hit his finisher on Akada. Then you have Akada has a few more title defences, and each match he is more and more beat down. Like Suzuki, his defence, which is one of my favourite matches of the year, is he just dismantles him for another 45 minutes. Against uh, Shibata, they take each other to the limit. Shibata genuinely probably nearly ended his career, possibly has ended his career, although it was a nice moment when he returned uh, yesterday in front of the crowd to just show I'm... Do you hear what he said? No, he walks I, in. I, I thought I thought you were. I was mimicking it. Yeah, he did. He did cry a tad. He just walked in and in Japanese goes, "I'm alive." Oh, and mate. then he you know walks out after a little bit of a. Uh, so that was very spine tingling, man. A few words, but yes, Okada has just been beaten up, beaten up, beaten up, and then Omega finally got a rematch, uh, a second shot of the title, and they went to a sixty-minute draw. Great match. I thought Great it was. Great match. We were talking about this over the weekend. Yeah. In fact, actually, we had a quite a lengthy discussion on the Saturday over a couple of beers mm-hmm. about whether it was the better match of the two. We talked about it on the Ramble before as well. And I still am under the conclusion that I think it is the better match, but it's only the better match because the first one exists. Exactly. The comparison we've used is Back to the Future Part 2. Like that is, it's the more, I like that movie more, but it only works so well because of the first one. Exactly. Uh, so. Omega did hit the one-winged angel, his finisher in that match, but Okada got his foot on the ropes. Mm-hmm. So he still hasn't kicked out. You know, you've still got that to play with. Here, the story going in, it, it's because the G1's a tournament and uh, Block B, I think, whatever block they're in, you had Okada and Omega neck and neck at the top. Omega needed a win to advance to the finals. Okada just needed to draw. There's a 30-minute time limit. Who is going to, you know... Is Okada just going to wait it out? No. They just I mean, go at it from the, say, like, from the opening bell. For, uh, yeah, from the opening bell. Within the first 10 seconds, there were some big old moves mm. being thrown at each other. And I, uh, I I thought it was a really great match. I think I actually preferred the Suzuki match. Um, oh, that we watched on, on Saturday. On Saturday, yeah, yeah. I think I preferred that match. But uh, I really, really enjoyed that Okada, like the, yeah. the Omega match. Because uh, Kenny Omega's... He's so damn good. So quick. So, so explosive. Yeah. Like he's down and then he's suddenly running really fast. Yeah. Like, did I miss a frame? I love I love how he runs the ropes. Mm. Like it's it's just so much fun to watch him run. He's just really like, loud. Yeah. Like, bum, 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 bum. But which really helps him because when he do, like it does like a high knee or something, mm. like such Jeez, awesome yeah. impact is weak. And there were some brutal brutal spots yeah uh the the the, the dragon suplex on the ring apron the reverse frankensteiner on the floor oh yeah. mate that, and those two spots happened right after each other and they sold it like a carter was gonna the towel was gonna be thrown in yeah. and he was gonna be taken off and a carter was like no you're not yeah and then he does the snapdragon uh, suplex on it the w- and i'll be honest that snapdragon suplex as well Every because like they he just done the reverse Frankenstein on the floor and I was like oh man they were they like the medical staff around like Red Shoes was there like possibly thinking of throwing the match out and then he gets him back up and he sets him up for the Snapdragon Suplex and I just kept saying to myself it's not going to hit it yeah it's one of those I'm things just, I'm just waiting for a, a for a Carter to to just like throw an elbow yeah. and get himself out of it it's like at the top of a turnbuckle when someone teases Suplex in to the outside of yeah, the ring right exactly. you're like you're not going to no, hit you're that. not going to hit that but you know this yeah it, it was one of those I was just waiting for it to do it and then he didn't I was like oh my I just didn't think they were going to do it oh they nearly killed that poor boy 
Omega is of course very good. Akada is of course very good. You know who else is very good? Don Callis on commentary. Yes, he was. Wow. He there's, there was this moment. Me and Luke started laughing out loud when I don't. I can't even remember the spot because I remember the <laughs> call uh, more. But Omega did something to Akada, and Don Callis just goes, "Jesus Christ! <laughs> Jesus Christ!" <laughs> and it. Re- I don't know if you you haven't watched Breaking Bad. No. But. Uh, the, I can't remember his name, but the bald chap in that, the DEA agent, he was, Jesus Christ, Marie! <laughs> Jesus Christ! And they just keep on doing it. I'm sure the more religious viewers are, are shaking their heads at us right yeah. now if they don't like blasphemy. Uh, blasphemous tones. Blasphemy, blasphemy, you, blasphemy <laughs> everyone! So it was... Fun fact for you. Uh, uh, it was um, a blasphemy that almost killed uh, Jeff Jarrett's WWF career. Oh, really? Yeah, it was funny because it was a story that I've uh, always known, but I was reminded because I was doing some research for a, for a future video that's going to mm. be coming out this weekend. When um, Austin, there was a big push for Jarrett's to be put into the main event and have a program with Austin for the WWF Championship. And Austin nixed it because he said, Jarrett's just not on my level. Uh, which is fair enough. He probably mm-hmm. wasn't at that time. He was a very good heel, but he was a good upper mid card heel. He was never really at that spot to be facing off against Austin. Sometimes, though, that's how you elevate new guys. Well, that's it. And, and there was a time as well because he also put the kibosh and facing Billy Gunn, who mm. just won King of the Ring as a heel as well. He just kept saying that he's not on my level either, which led into the rumours that he refused to put Triple H over at SummerSlam 2000. Tease for this video. Um, but the other reason. The, the the rumor and innuendo, as um, uh, something to wrestle would say, we're coming for you, Pritchard. <laughs> would say, is that um, Jarrett publicly, very publicly, spoke about how he didn't like Austin three sixteen as a phrase because he felt it was blasphemous for him to use Bible verses mm. and sort of Bible iconography as a uh, as a selling as a merchandising thing. Because uh, King Ross made the joke. On um, I can't remember which show it was. Now I think you've made the joke about how uh, the tra- WWE are trying to trademark the term three sixteen mm. for merchandising purposes. And he's like, but I mean they've been doing it for years. I don't know why they've bothered now to try and do the yeah uh, yeah a bit late in the day, <laughs> a bit late in the day for it. So yeah, fun. Anyway, that was a little tangent there, but a fun little well, fact for you. That's the way the Wrestle Ramble works. And you know what? You can get some exclusive podcast rambling. Of course, we're doing this here to you on YouTube as a video format, which also goes on the podcast. But if you download the podcast, if you subscribe on iTunes, you get access to some extra ramble to begin and close the show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we just, we, you know, the people who are like... Talk about wrestling, or here's a timestamp for when they finally start talking about wrestling. Even though they're already there. Yeah, even though we've already got the timestamps in. But thank you, that's diligent. Uh, You can, probably not for you, because we (laughs) we just ramble on about more. I've got a good anecdote I'm going to tell. Oh, on the podcast? Oh, very exciting. On the intro bit. Here's a tease. Uh, I went to my grandfather's birthday party. And I had a, I don't know if a confrontation with an eight-year-old kid is the right word. Mm Mm-hmm. But it, it it got to the point where I had to drop the conversation because other adults were looking at me. It's a wrestling it's a wrestling thing. Uh, we disagreed on on who the top star of the company should be. <laughs> so if oh, you well, want to listen to that, of what, course, get on the podcast. What a tease that is! Yeah, should we go over the results? Yes. For Saturday's fantasy booking warfare. Oh, I mean, yeah, if we must. So. The uh, we did. How should Baron Corbin cash in his Money in the Bank briefcase on Saturday's show? Three thousand six hundred and twenty-two of you voted. Uh, Three thousand and forty-five of those. That's eighty-four percent voted for this guy. That's Ollie. Uh, for all audio listeners who can't see my thumb pointing right at me, and Luke got. 16%. A, a, a very bad 16%. I think that's the biggest yeah. landslide uh, in Wrestle Ramble history, other than the, the New Day one, which doesn't really count. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that trounced you. So it Absolutely trounced me. Like I, Okay, so I overly didn't like yours. Uh, I liked elements of it, but I didn't like the fact that you ruined the Royal Rumble match, my favourite match of the year, my favourite pay-per-view of the year. Um, so, like, for me, it was just... And I thought that... Uh, your uh, program did nothing for Baron Corbin, which the whole point of having money in the bank should uh, should do something for Baron Corbin. Ah, uh, uh, uh. I counter with that, that the whole point of money in the bank is to get the next guy over. What happens if 
that you, the briefcase you give the person to this is bad English. <laughs> what happens if you the guy you think is the next guy to get over turns out not to be the next guy? It ends up being Damien Sandow. You don't want to keep pushing the briefcase on that guy. You work it so you you get someone else over. Well, you, I effectively gave. Baron's cash into Sami Zayn. I was going to say, I text you on uh, Saturday before you arrived, uh, when we, before we were going to do suits, saying yeah. that you're absolutely trouncing me in the polls, and you just text me back saying, like, I'm just going to give Sami Zayn the championship in every fancy booking we do from now on. I think appeal I, to the smarks. Mystery men and Sami Zayn winning titles. That's that's the key to winning fancy booking warfare. They're on the pros list. <laughs> on on the, cos, the cons list... Trio's championships. <laughs> Trio's I've championship learned that. And Baron Corbin, WWE champion. Yeah. yeah. Well, l- l- listen to what you just said. Baron Corbin, WWE champion. It's going to happen this year, though, isn't it? Like uh, by the end of 2017, uh, Bar- Baza Corbs will be WWE champion. I don't want that to happen. Well, SummerSlam is, of course, this Sunday. We'll it's be doing our SummerSlam predictions on Saturday, so make sure I to tune see, in for that. Show. I did see quite a lot of people uh, messaging in about how. Uh, it'll be really interesting and very different and a complete surprise because everyone's expecting mm. Baza Corbs to, to cash in this weekend at SummerSlam. But if he doesn't cash in on Knack or Jinder and does it on the Universal Champion, whoever comes out of that match and just does it as a complete, like, yeah, I'm just, it didn't say I had to be a, the SmackDown Champion. I cashed in on whoever I wanted. How about, given Baron Corbin's bully like character, he cashes in on the Cruiserweights? <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, well, I've won the title now. It's quite a good way to cancel 205 Live. <laughs> it's like, ah, no. Corbin's ruined the cruiserweight division. Yeah, just uh, You're all part of the main roster now. Yep. And Corbin isn't the champion. Hey, maybe we should have gone that route. And then you could film a backstage skit where Neville wakes up and like, mm. all of 205 was just a dream. And he goes yeah. back to being a baby face. Why, I sort of... <laughs> he goes back to being Adrian Neville and starts doing the Red Arrow yeah. again. Uh, or or that wasn't he? A, he had a cape for a while. Yeah, that Mighty Mouse character. Yes. Yeah. Well, they did that when he was um, tagging with Stephen Amell because uh, they were doing right. like yeah, a big yeah. comic book thing, didn't they? So so you he could cash in on Brock, is what you're saying, or whoever wins. Whoever wins. Well, that would be an interesting way. I don't think that's going to happen. But no. just if it did, I just thought it was a very interesting idea that someone put forward. Yeah. If so, I from what I understand. Uh, from people who have reported stuff. Brock is staying with the company, he's going to be around, so it looks like he's winning at SummerSlam, you would expect. Mm-hmm. But they've said... I'm hoping he does. If Brock loses at SummerSlam, then he has to go. So mm-hmm. if he loses at SummerSlam, he's going to fight John Jones. Maybe if Baron Corbin... You know, if Lesnar wins the Fatal 4-Way, but loses the belt to Corbin... It's a way out of that stip. Yeah, Lesnar can stay around... Mm-hmm. Uh, and lose the belt, and that's a hell of a way to elevate Corbs to, oh. to put to be the guy to beat Brock Lesnar. Yeah. I mean, it's either him or Roman Reigns. So you know, got to pick one of them. Got to suppose actually, it's one of the two of them. I'd have Roman Reigns. Oh, oh it's the mailbag. <laughs> I've just realised people can see that. I was going to say when you used uh. to do that on an audio medium, it worked much better. But now yeah. people can see that you're just like just moving your hands slowly. But I still. Oh, yeah, being acted you, out yeah, for the audio people. Just imagine that's a sack that I'm carrying with me. That's what so, she said. our first male email from a male is from Britain's next top model, Phil Stopford. Now, he writes in, I was an Ultimate Warrior fan as a kid, never liked Hogan. But as I grew up and got more knowledgeable about the inner workings of pro wrestling, I found out just how much of a douchebag the Warrior was to work with and that he actually couldn't wrestle very well, was difficult to work with, and, well, the SummerSlam 1991 incident. So, my question is, who were your favourite wrestlers when you were growing up and why aren't they now? If they are, good for you. Mine is Bret Hart or Kurt Angle. I can't split them. Also, I still love the Warrior with that nostalgic feeling. So, do you, have, have you got some for this? Uh, yeah, I mean, Warrior's one for me as well, but I was actually also a big Hogan mark. Um, so when, because like, I didn't really get into wrestling um, like proper into wrestling until sort of much later on sort of sure. around that attitude era period uh but i uh, when i was on the periphery of watching wrestling around a friend's house um i, I thought hogan was awesome because uh, why, why wouldn't, wouldn't you? why sure. wouldn't you? yeah but yeah he has turned to like i don't know when you start hearing those stories and like 
the his his big fantasy world that he lives in. I find the fantasy world he lives in quite amusing. Mm. You know, he was going to be the bass player for Metallica. He was meant to be the face of uh, the George Foreman grill before George Foreman. Love all that sort of stuff. He was supposed to play the wrestler instead of Mickey Rourke. That's that's great. Love all that. But at the same time, it's just he says a lot of horrible things, and then um and. He said one horrible thing uh, among that others we know well. of. Yeah, but he's also said a lot of other horrible things. But again, like, but he's like, is that? I mean, going by that documentary, was that uh, Terry Bollea that said that, mm. or was it Hulk Hogan? That's the Terry Bollea. <laughs> That's how big his penis is. <laughs> Hulk Hogan's oh, got mate, a ten inch yeah, yeah, pythons. Like, yeah, it's gonna say, keep going. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, Hogan. It's only one honky tonk man. Okay, I either I always thought the honky tonk man was quite humorous, but you hear him in shoot interviews, and you're like, oh, he's a nasty piece of work, laughing at people for getting cancer. That's, um, I mean, mm. I know he doesn't like a lot of people, but even even if you don't like someone, laughing at them for getting cancers and just doing that's not cool, man. Yeah, the standards of decency, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, you. Uh... <laughs> but those are the two that I I mostly thought like all the guys that I I liked, especially during that period where I was really really into wrestling. Mm. People like, I mean. Benoit is an obvious one. Oh, you stole my one. Well, I, I know, but I saw it in the nose. But like, I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to jump on your toes. So I'm, I'm going to let you speak on that one. But like the guys that I really liked, like Raven, he's still cool. He's still a nice guy. I really liked Taz. He's still cool. He's a nice guy. By you know, by all sounds of things, the Rock is. I, I go through. I go the through. Rock's amazing. Yeah, I know, but I go through like hot and cold with the with the Rock. Um, like. He's great. I loved him when I was a kid. I, I don't was... know who you are anymore. <laughs> I loved him when I was a kid. I thought he was the most entertaining man in all of in, in sports entertainment. And yeah, in sport. Yeah, yeah, thank you. And then, um, uh, but like, then he went through this period. I like him again now, but he did go through this weird period where he just spent his life just being this odd, alt, uh, you know, motivational man that was getting up at three a.m. to eat nothing but pancakes and chicken fillets, and then just being like, "Why aren't you me? Why aren't you better than you are currently? Be more like the Rock." And I'm like, all right, mate, calm down. Just so you it. don't like him because he's much, much better than you. No, he's not. But he's not much better than me. Well, he is I think. Than me. I, I mean, I'm oh, fully oh, yeah. accepting he is way better than me. <laughs> I was going to say, I rescind that comment. Yeah. He is way better than me. I don't but know like, anything that I'm better than the Rock at. Um, I don't pose for photos where I'm just doing this all the time. But so, he's better at you than that. I mean, he's better at me than do that. But I also feel that I am a better person because I don't do that. I'm not. I don't know. Maybe in the Rock's mind, like he's the trade-off because he's helping sick kids. He's like, oh, does my personal pride for for being cool in this photo count, or does it put in a smile on a dying kid's face? Yeah, but if, if I was, if I'm the Rock, now not... you're speaking against dying kids. Luke. <laughs> yeah, Whatever but John Cena say. does that. John Cena doesn't post for every photo doing this. I think John Cena's. Uh, I, I can't see him in most photos. John Cena. <laughs> Very good. Thank you. Also, if you're the Rock, you want to like, and you got to like pose with kids. You want to do what um, Scott Steiner used to do, which was just put your bicep up in front of the kid's face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Scott Steiner. Actually, Scott Steiner's another one. He just he just yeah. says lots of weird things. I, I was never a big fan of his anyway. Did you so, see the Rock has? Uh, it's got rid changed of the bra- his Brahma bull tattoo. It's not changed it. He's got rid it's of like it. It's like yeah, it's, well, it's dis- disappeared in this entire sleep. I'm I'm uh, revealing my. My tan line hey, here that is, that's a should bro- not that's have a gone. rock-like tan line. There. Should not have picked that up so high. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like it's a whole sleeve now. Yeah. Well, me and my uh, my best man at the wedding, John, who you mentioned earlier, we were talking about um, going to get our tattoos done before the the wedding. We got we both got tattoos. You getting tattoos? Well, done? We, we got tattoo. We got tattoos done together when he got married. So we Ooh, thought we would do it again. A tattoo party. But you don't want to get a tattoo. I don't. But you didn't ask. That's <laughs> because you know you don't want one. I've got a tattoo. I know you got a tattoo, but you you're not cool. Keen, you are cool, but you're not keen to get another one. No, it hurts. <laughs> Whereas like we were talking about like What was the tattoo you got for his wedding? I got the one that's on my chest. Oh, what's that again? I forgot. Uh the my heart pieces, my Zelda heart pieces. Oh yeah, and the I, I love uh, I love John forever. That's the one, yeah, 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 yeah. totally, yeah. Um but we talked so we were just talking about getting the Bo Leave in the Shield. <laughs> we were the about... Shield will never break up tattoo. <laughs> I love the big dog. Yeah. Um we were talking about getting tattoos together and I said we should definitely get Brahma Bull tattoos and like in commemoration of mm. The Rock losing his carry the spirit on of the Brahma Bull we said it as a joke I don't think we're dead I know that we're serious in doing it because I've got other ideas of tattoos I want to get instead I think a good person to look at for inspiration is Michael Cole do you remember <laughs> his his weird horrible weird, tattoos weird, yeah or I thought you were going to say his weird dad bod 
Yeah. Because he has got a weird dad bod, as I Michael Cole. He's thought, an odd, oddly shaped man. I thought they were going to... I thought they were fake tattoos when he came out and wrestled that one WrestleMania year mm-hmm. in his singlet. But yeah. no, those are legit tattoos. Those are legit. Yeah, wow. Those are some legit horrible tattoos. Although, better than Randy Orton's. Because Randy Orton has just got the world's most generic tattoos. Um, as a, a comment that I, I run a wrestling forum about... 11, uh, 10 years ago in fact because it was in 2007 it was my mm. final university and it stuck with me since then it still makes me chuckle it was like Randy Orton looks like the sort of guy that went into a tattoo parlour looked at the wall that said most popular and said I'll have one of each nice yes shall I I'll do my uh, former favourite wrestlers who I've since soured on so of course there's Chris Benoit I think there's you can't argue with that that's no, definitely that's a... the most souring uh, love for someone yeah. you can ever have yeah. so Chris Benoit, of course, one of my favourites as a kid. God damn, he was awesome. Yeah, he was great. I just everything I did, everything he did was uh, just looked real. I mean, I thought it was real back then, so mm-hmm. uh, it looked even more real. So it looked like he was a yeah, he, he was a lot tougher than everyone else. I just thought he was great, even though, and I liked. I I always cheered the heels. I was that guy, even as a kid. So um, Chris Benoit, but then of course he did commit those horrible acts. So that is yeah. by far. The person who I like the most dropped down like the drop in estimation. There. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the other one I could come up with, who's gone on more of an arc though, because mm. he's he's won it back, is Kurt Angle. So I used to he was my favourite growing up. He still is poss- you know, he's my favourite wrestler ever, really, Kurt Angle. Had the pleasure of meeting him. I had his VHS, uh, It's True, It's True DV- uh, video back then. Uh, I taught myself to play his theme tune on the <laughs> piano. Uh, that's how much I enjoyed Kurt Angle's work. But then when he, you know, great couple of years in TNA, but then came the drunk tweets. Mm. And just, I was like, Kurt, what are you doing to yourself? And then I remember a whole period where he was, he had like, he was near a girlfriend that he wasn't meant to go near anymore. And that kind of all unfolded on Twitter with people posting like, what's he doing there? And oh. It just wasn't a nice thing to watch one of your heroes get into that kind of place. So I, w- I would, yeah. my other one was going to be Kurt. Yeah, but I mean, to be honest, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to echo Phil Stopford with, uh, with the Ultimate Warrior because I loved the Warrior. I thought the Warrior was yeah. so awesome. Like he was, he was so colourful and he was just cool. But I can't really get behind anyone who just denounces. Um, the LGBT community just can't yeah. do it. I can't get behind those sorts of people. Are they a faction or is that a wrestling promotion? <laughs> it is, yeah. We're going to be feuding LGBTQ with them. wrestling. <laughs> One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so next up we have the mayor of Painesville, Dan 
Yep, he's got a difficult last name to say, so he said, you can just call me Dan. Cool. Yeah. The mayor of Painesville. Dan. Dan. Ooh. Although he does uh, bring Partridge uh, into the... Dan! 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 That's a good... It's a good partridge. Oh, I quite like doing a partridge. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he writes in, I've been thinking a lot about my next question because he's, he's had many already. As the result, I got plenty now, but I'm saving them for the next months with the exception of this one. Is WWE ruining the network? What should be done to solve this problem? Still in shock about Wanderolly. We all Ooh. So this is a, you've probably seen the thumbnail. That's probably the reason you clicked on this video. How can WWE save the WWE network? Or how to or save does the it WWE network? Okay, this is. So WWE, it's sort of unprecedented because they are very much a leader in sports. Uh, entertainment. That, yeah, like, uh, sports entertainment. <laughs> a product like that because everything else is... It's almost like a network. Your Netflix, your Amazon Prime, they buy lots of different channels. But this is actually the content provider, the content creator, has set up its own channel. I guess the similar things are the MLB network. Most of the major American sports have mm-hmm. them, where you can just watch any game at any time. But the WWE network is is kind of different in that they're they're putting out these, these original pieces of programming that have nothing... Well, that they have a loose connection with wrestling, but uh, I, I think the network is an incredible business move, because you know Vince McMahon saw what happened with the negotiations last time over the TV rights fees, and there was a moment there where it looked hairy, and that Raw and SmackDown might not get what they want, and when you get put in those positions and your back's against the wall and you just come out by the skin of your teeth, the smart thing to do is to go, I'm never letting that happen to me again. I'm going to invest in a resource to give me uh, at least a backup plan. And that's what the network is. If all those TV rights fees fall through in 2019, it would be awful, but at least WWE can go onto the the network. I don't see that happening. I think they'll... Uh, carry on with the TV rights because that's what's A, it's what gives them the most money by far out of anything and B, that's how you get new new viewers, you need that national exposure if you're just appealing to people who watch the WWE Network, they're already converted, you need a, a larger exposure to reach more viewers however, so great business move, definitely the right thing to do, it's sort of if you didn't do it, if you look back in 20 years, you'll go, well, that's where they screwed up. They didn't launch their own network. And they really are a trailblazer in the online streaming uh, uh, world like that. But is the idea, is the concept executed to to the extent of what it should have been? No way. Because you, you should, the network really for what I think it should be, and this ties into how to solve the problem of the WWE Network not hitting that 2 million subscriber number. I think the original projections were like 3. They, or... they 2 billion was in the first year. That was their uh, projection. Mm. And they didn't even reach uh, that. They didn't even reach a billion in the first year. You mean a million? Sorry, a million. A billion. You're saying billion? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, they, they wanted uh, 20% of the population of the entire, of the entire world, world yeah. to, to subscribe. Yeah. Uh, no, sorry. Two million. Mm. So two million, I think, was their projection for the first year. They didn't even reach a million by the end of year one. Mm. And now they're at one point six, I yep. think. And con- and like as we reported, uh, we reported as it was reported last week, uh, they gained six hundred thousand, but also lost six hundred thousand. Yeah. So it's plateauing. Yeah. So that's not a that's not a good thing. So I. So you stood on my. Uh, thing uh, the, there you go. So I think. That's what I can name myself now. WWE and their network really should be a pay-per-view fight pass. And it ties into what the whole of WWE should be. They've lost sight that they're a wrestling promotion and the way mainstream people get excited about competitive sports is you have big personalities fighting. If you've got two big personalities fighting each other, boom, period, and business. Rock, Stone Cold, uh, Hulk, and Big Show, right? So you get these huge names to go up against each other. You see it in UFC. The the popularity and the buy rates and the money generated ebbs and flows with the top mainstream stars that they create. Uh, so I, I'm definitely a mainstream uh, consumer of UFC and boxing. I only watch the main 
the big, big main fights. So Anthony Joshua or Conor McGregor or Floyd Mayweather. And those are the people WWE need to appeal to because people will watch that and then hopefully they go, oh, you know what, I enjoyed that. I'm going to stick with it. So not only did you get their money for that big fight that you promoted, you've now got their interest to go through. So rather than investing all this time in freaking ride along and a game show for our truth, what you need is to focus everything on building up stars, larger than life stars. Don't hamstring them. Don't make the brand of WWE bigger than the actual person you're meant to promote. That's why Brock Lesnar is such a big draw is because he feels bigger than anyone else in the company. Same with Goldberg, same with John Cena, but everyone else on that roster no one feels anywhere close to those three guys. And you can say Roman Reigns is really good, but is he? Like, I mean, not really good, but, uh, you know, he's pushed really hard, but he's not a star. I wouldn't say he's, he couldn't, he couldn't walk onto a mainstream news outlet and everyone knows who he is. Not at all. Whereas you can no, with... But in fact, yeah. no one on their roster could with the exception of... Of those three guys. Yeah. yeah. Or Triple H could, I guess, yes, to an yeah, extent. Yeah, yeah. But the, again, that, but that's the problem with the part-timer mentality. And... So if you create these new stars and don't lose faith in them or push people organically rather than shoving down people's throats, you'll have these big fights that you can promote. But the only way you can see them, TV viewers, is if you subscribe to the network, which not only has everything, everything ever, which for me as a wrestling fan, I think as for wrestling fans, if you have that vast back catalogue of all the Raws, all the Smackdowns, all the pay-per-views, ECW, WCW. That's incredible. That is what, I mean, I feel like I'm doing a pitch now, but that is worth $9.99 a month alone. And then you add in, like, maybe you do a few uh, Table for Threes or JBL Legends, because I, I think those are really interesting. Stone Cold Podcast, you know, stuff like that. But you don't need Unfiltered with Renee Young. Uh, Talking Smack was a nice addition, actually. That, that would work. But... You, you you use Raw and SmackDown to build to these big fights between main stars, big stars, that you can only watch by handing over your cold, hard cash. And then once you've handed that over in a subscription model, the idea is you kind of forget about it, like a gym membership, and it just keeps rolling over. You're like, I'm going to cancel it. Oh, but that is that that's this fight versus that fight. Oh, that's, that's next weekend. I'll save it until then, and I'll watch it then. So you... They've cannibalized pay-per-view and turned pay-per-view into just more stuff when really they should have kept pay-per-view special and turned pay-per-view like a treat the WWE network as a pay-per-view pass. Very conscious. I don't think you've talked for about 15 minutes. That's quite all right. So, but that, that's that's how I would do it. And that's how I would save WWE as a whole. I was actually like, annoyingly, not annoyingly, I actually agree with everything you said, and I was going to echo basically okay. everything that you have said. My, so I, I agree with you that I think that there's so much... When W started doing the network, they were like, oh, do you know what we need to do? Original programming. We mm. need to do Table for Three, Ride Along, blah, 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 blah. Whereas that stuff no one's interested in. No one watches that. No one's going to buy the network No one's buying the that. network for that. Like, they, you know, they spent loads of money on bringing Jerry Springer in to mm. do shows. Like, no one's buying the network because, like, oh, Jerry Springer's got a new show. Better subscribe to the WWE network then. Like, that's not bringing in outsiders the mainstream audience as you put it the only people subscribing to the network are people who are diehard wwe fans you and i are subscribers to the network mm. not everyone who watches this show subscribes to the network there will be some that do but there'll be others that don't because they might not be the diehardest of the diehardest wwe fans they're just passing fans mm. i think that's and i've said this many times in the show before that they do need to treat the network as a pay-per-view provider. Like it like it is a Dish TV thing that is, or Dish, I think it's just called. Where it's just, you know, we built this and you're like, cool, if you want to see this, you've got to subscribe to the network and then you can see this thing. Here's the other side of it. And another model that uh, I don't know how feasible it is. I'm sure there's some technology way back end that you can do it. That pay-per-views are not part of the free trial. Oh, okay. Because I think that's where they are losing money on things. Because people, like, because mm. they do it around WrestleMania. Uh, you know, they did it at Royal Rumble this year. It's like, if you subscribe now, you get three months free. Yeah. And that will include the Royal Rumble, Backlash, or whatever it is, uh, Fast Lane, uh, I don't know, whatever it is, and uh, 
uh, WrestleMania. You're going to get WrestleMania for free if you subscribe now. Whereas mm. my uh, business model would be it's like, if you can subscribe to the network and you can get every single pay per view we've ever done for the, you know for a month's free trial and like almost every single Raw that's ever made, every single SmackDown, every single episode of Nitro, the every episode of ECW TV, all the stuff that you probably loved when you were a teenager mm. is now available to you to relive in the network. But if you want to see the current pay per views, you have to subscribe, or you could offer it as a free trial and then have just the pay-per-views as like a per purchase yeah. thing so you could say like you could you know you could buy the pay-per-view for 40 bucks or you could pay five bucks and watch it on the network mm. and you can watch the replay of it for the next week or you can pay ten dollars and you get everything and the pay-per-view mm. yeah it's it's that they've for, for the guy who essentially boomed the pay-per-view business being vince mcmahon in the 80s he has uh He's not gone the right way uh, now. The, yeah, but it they, really does come back to, to having such a good uh, week-to-week product yes. that you want to buy those. It, it's funny you mentioned about how uh, there's no one really on the roster outside of a small group of names that you could put onto hmm. uh, onto like a, a Good Morning America and people watching TV, regular Joes, regular Joannes, watching TV be like, oh my God, it's X. I recognise that person. I don't watch the show, but I do recognise that face. They are a celebrity. Um, like in the Attitude Era, going back to going back to my day when I was a young lad mm. and wore an onion in my belt, there was um, you had like WWE stars appearing on random TV shows, like cameos on sitcoms and episodes of like well, I don't know Walker Texas Ranger or something or any of these shows, Psych or whatever it was. These shows and people would be like, oh man, have you heard that Steve Austin's going to be on X show? Have you heard that The Rock's going to be on that 70s show? China's going to be on an episode of Frasier. Mm. And that was like news. And people would watch those shows because they had these cameo guest stars. If Roman Reigns cameoed on The Big Bang Theory, like, no one would care. The audience of The Big Bang Theory is not going to care. Mm. And it's not going to draw any mainstream press for either The Big Bang Theory or WWE. So... They need it's a it's a star problem, mm. but that's a, that's a bigger picture than just the network. Yeah, yeah, it, it's that's the root cause of. I think that's the most fundamental thing. Yeah. that's wrong with WWE. Today. And it's, so when you do Cena versus Nakamura for free on TV, mm. and your your uh, your defense of that is just like, oh, well, it will help people. It will convince people to buy the network. That is flawed logic. Yeah, because. No one watched that match and was like, you know, they didn't put that match on TV and all of a sudden subscriber figures jumped up by 100,000. I guarantee you, they put that match on TV and very few people sign up for the network. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting over the next fortnight period because this Sunday, of course, is SummerSlam, which has been touted by everything as the uh, the biggest party of the summer. Mm-hmm. WrestleMania was the ultimate thrill ride. Survivor Series last year was Fantasy Warfare Got Real. What was... Uh, did Royal Rumble have anything? No, I don't think it did. It's the Alamo. I th- actually, I think it's something to do with the Alamo because that's uh, it was set in Texas. But, uh, the, you know, those are the taglines. What's the tagline for Floyd Mayweather? It's just Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. It's Floyd... Uh, May- oh, I should have said... Uh, Mayweather McGregor. I, yeah. I thought they were two separate people. Floyd versus Mayweather. <laughs> Floyd Mayweather Sound versus like Dave Meltzer. Yeah. Whenever he's talking about it. Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor is the week after SummerSlam, and it probably is going to smash all pay per view records. Oh, it's going to be huge numbers. Oh, yeah. and, and let's be honest, that is going to smash all records, and it's a gimmick fight. Mm. Like uh, that's a, that's more pro wrestling than pro wrestling. Oh, right isn't now. it just yeah. like for all the people that say that pro wrestling, it's UFC fans particularly, pro wrestling is stupid because it's not, it's all a gimmick. Conor McGregor, mate, he's the biggest gimmick of them all. He's the biggest carny of the lot, mm. but he's a genius at it. He knows what he's doing. And he's working everyone. Yeah. He's the smartest man in, in pay-per-view business. That t-shirt's better for there. Nope. Um, and that pay-per-view is going to do huge numbers. And it is nothing more than a gimmick. Yeah. And SummerSlam is, is sitting there with this card full of so many matches. 13 matches. It's going to be a four-hour event with a yeah. two-hour pre-show. And there's going to be a three-hour NXT the night before. No, but like people kind of care about that, but what they really want is just like three really meaty matches. And they've got good matches on there, but mm-hmm. you know, it's just nothing along that 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 upper echelon echelon of uh, well, tell me, star power. Tell me what the build is for Nakamura Jinder. 
uh, Nakamura won a number one contenders match and, and Jinder lost. And Jinder lost to Randy Orton. Like, that's, mm. that's your build. Of course no one cares about that match. Keep talking about like, oh, we want to show the mainstream what Nakamura is all about. Brilliant. Put him in some meaty stuff on TV then. Get him involved in a storyline, which he's yet to really do on the main roster. You're talking about talking smack as well. Sorry, I know we want to try and move on mm. to, to something else. Well, we'll finish the show soon. But um, I actually, uh, do you know how I would like to see Talking Smack uh, sort of come back in mm-hmm. a way because Talking Smack was a great show it was brilliant it was such a great platform for these these boys and girls to get their characters over and actually help them develop their characters JBL put it really well when he talked about it on Bring It to the Table he said that when you're working in a scripted format you can't develop that character because the character's being developed for you by the script format mm. but when you go on Talking Smack which is an unscripted scenario you, it's you then have to think about that yeah. character and you have to answer that question in character and then that helps you develop it uh, personally problem with Talking Smack is that it was a network exclusive and no one was really buying the network just to watch Talking Smack. Like, there was nothing on SmackDown that made you want to buy the network to watch Talking Smack. So I would rather do away with, ladies and gentlemen, my guest mm. at this time, Randy Orton. And then Randy Orton, like, camera pans, Randy Orton says 12, 12 words and then walks off. Take that time and just do Talking Smack throughout the show. Yeah, that's so a just great idea. Come back to, uh, to Renee Young. Uh, with Daniel Bryan there as uh, as GM, maybe have a laptop in front of him, calls going because he's got to try and he's you know mm-hmm. running a show, and then guests just come on and do five minutes there, three minutes there, because they went on talking smack for very long. You could just do three minutes, do a little promo, hype up pay per views, and you know it's the same as doing a backstage segment, but it's more interesting and it helps develop characters. And lo and behold, made great stars. Yeah, you could that that you could have that as the connective tissue of the program. Yeah. Rather than going over to the announcer's desk and it's four guys <laughs> just reading you a, a, a robotic Re- reading script. Reading off the teleprompter. Yeah. But yeah, that that's a much, much better idea. That would be great. And then you could do away with these long extended in ring promos. Oh yeah. The only stuff in the ring really, apart from special occasions where you could have a big contract sign in or an in ring angle, is the matches. Yeah. That was a fun show. What a show that was! Yeah, yeah. We, we went we went on uh, some rants and some talks and there, some rambles. There were some rambles, but the, the, more importantly, there was a tease. Ooh, there was a tease set up that I because I, I have not heard this story. Because although you and I did hang out on Saturday and we watched some wrestling together, uh, you left at about um, half past eight, maybe. I don't think it was half nine. Half nine, yeah. crikey, it was so late. Um, <laughs> you left uh, while the rest of us uh, played. Video, uh, video games up until half past three in the morning. Poor blimey! Playing FIFA and Speedrunners and Overcooked, and it were. And we watched episodes of uh, Steve Austin's Broken Skull Challenge and did very bad Steve Austin impersonations, and it were wonderful. Well, the reason I couldn't partake in such a fun evening of ladness, I was it was so laddie, was because it was my grandfather's. 87th birthday, I want to say. And, uh, in round of applause. Well done, Granddad. So I had to drive. I had to do a long two-hour drive uh, each way, so four hours of driving overall uh, to get to fairs for a for a family get together shindig. And uh, yeah, it was a, it was a lovely day. But um, I don't know. So if my cousin has a child, what is that second, child second to me? Cousin. Second cousin, not yeah. once removed. No, 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 it's second cousin. She kept on calling me a great uncle. And no, I, she, I did tell her that was wrong, but yeah. she was like, no, I didn't care. I no, like, oh, it, it I kind of care. Yeah, it is wrong. Yeah, you are a second cousin. So what happened was uh, we're all sitting down in the garden. It was a lovely day. Everyone's happy. It's like this idyllic scene with kids running around and, you know, the, the, the old statesman of the family sitting there drinking his wine, admiring everything he's created oh, and raised. Fantastic. And uh, then... Uh, this uh, Oscar, who's about, I think he's about eight years old, was brought over to me, and <laughs> what just plonked in front of you? Yeah, yeah. sat here. Said, oh, Oscar wants to show you something, Oliver. Does he now? And I was like, Oh, what, what's what's going on, Oscar? And Oscar shyly produces his his uh, uh, it's a WWE embroidered wristband. Wow! Cool. I was like, Oh, you like wrestling now? I was very excited because this is the first time. And he was like, yeah. And I saw he had a WWE shorts on. Nice. So it was just a logo. It wasn't It wasn't declaring for any wrestling. <laughs> and, uh, Did you was, then brag about your um, successful YouTube no, channel? No, I, d- I didn't. Of course I didn't. <laughs> and I... Yeah, how many views you got, mate? <laughs> Who... <laughs> 
You trying to outshadow me in front of my family? I'm trying to go up to Bruce Pritchard. I don't need you behind me as well. Well, come on for you, Pritchard. Do you work for Pritchard? (laughs) Slapped him around a bit. Uh, so yeah, he did this, and everyone's like, "Ah, oh, wrestling." And I was like, "Ah, oh, who's so? Who's your favourite?" Because you know, that's the generic question. Mm. And all the you know the family, my mum, aunts, uncles, all leaning in to hear eight-year-old Oscar's. Well, what's Oscar got to say? Who's his favourite? Roman Reigns. Of course it is. Of course it's because that's who WWE tell you yeah. is your favourite. And I went, "Ah, I don't." You know, it was. <laughs> it was. You uh, did, did you go? I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. You went. Oh. It wasn't uh, wasn't a planned reaction. I mean, <laughs> looking back retroactively, of course he was going to say that. Yeah. Uh, he's he's designed for young children. Do you to remember like... when we were at Raw back mm-hmm. in April and the row in front of us to the oh, uh, yeah, to the bar left, yeah. there was that little eight year old there, head to toe in Roman Reigns gear. Because then I felt really bad when everyone was booing him when he came out. I was like, oh, that lad's here to see Roman Reigns. What yeah, are you yeah. booing him for? You didn't have to slap him in the head. Though. <laughs> you told that, that joke was before. me. <laughs> Did they? Oh, yeah, you did that the last time I told this story. Classic joke. <laughs> I've only got a few. I recycle them a lot. It's good for the planet. And so the, he said Roman Reigns, and my natural impulse was just, ah. Oh. Like that, so that came out verbally. And I tried to save it because, you know, I didn't. I felt like the heat from the from the female contingent of the family, and then you just start going, "Roman sucks, Roman." Hey, that slapped him in the head. <laughs> no, they said, "Oh, Roman Reigns, that's uh, that's that's good." Um, and then you know, some, oh, what's wrong with Roman Reigns? Someone asked me. I said, "Well, you know, he's not. He's kind of shoved down everyone's throats." Oh, no. and, then, and then, like, <laughs> you, you know, when you you realize, ah, oh, wait, no one, know, like, some people there probably thought wrestling was kind of real. You know, no, mm. it's that weird subset. Everyone knows it's fake, but they're the kind of people who also ask, "Is does it hurt?" <laughs> you know, so they're they're kind of confused about it themselves. Also, you, you, I mean, you've clearly forgotten who your audience exactly. is. Exactly. You turned to them and has said what the IWC would say. Mm. Oh, he's being shoved down our throats. When you then say that to someone who was not a wrestling fan, like, or what, is, does, that does, that, what does that mean out of context? What does that mean out of context? Who's who, shoving who, who down the throat? Exactly. Yeah. What does that even mean? So I'm, I'm like, oh, like, because it's, uh, and then I just like shut myself down. I was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to go this way. I'll just play the, I'll play the cutesy game. I was like, oh, and then, then we had some uh, back and forth. He, he asked some very vague arbitrary questions <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> Because you know, I asked him, um, "What's who's your favourite wrestler?" And he replied, and "He said Roman Reigns." And then after that, he said, "Who's my sixth favourite wrestler?" Oh, I love this! I love how like eight-year-olds have like a list, and it's a proper numbered list. Yeah, and oh, I, that's so awesome! I, I actually said, "I was like, I don't know how to answer that." <laughs> Without knowing who two to five is, it's very difficult yeah. to then know who number six is. And my is. lady partner was like sort of jabbing me in the leg and just answer him. I was like, oh, I don't know, Dean Ambrose? <laughs> and he went, yes. Oh, mate, so I was guess. like, oh, right, right. okay, I'm back in, I'm back in. We're all having fun again. We're talking G- about wrestling. Give me another number. I'll guess that one too. Yeah, I'm like, can you do any wrestling moves? He's like, yeah. And he's like, oh, it's fun. And he did a little display. All the, all the family were clapping. And then he asked me, Who's your favourite wrestler? Because <gasps> oh, you're going to be like Kazuki Ricardo. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to say Minoru Suzuki. <laughs> it's a card. He's actually got a, an average of six point five on the uh, the Dave Meltzer scale of matches this year. Uh, so I said Brock Lesnar because I thought that was you know that that's a, that's a fair thing. And he went, oh, but he gets a boo. Oh, you know, he gets a he gets a boo from the crowd, Dad. and I said, I said this. This was the bit where I broke. I said, Do you hear the crowds when Roman Reigns comes out? <laughs> He's more booed than than Brock. <laughs> and that I just, <laughs> and he was kind of confused. No one knew what was going on. Oh I just, God. I just sort of went and got a drink. Do <laughs> <laughs> Roman Reigns? Yeah. He's your favourite. Boot out the building every week. Isn't I he? just, I just, I got quite That's annoyed by the man doesn't know what the pop, what the people want. I got annoyed by the hypocrisy there. <laughs> But it was it was a lovely day. Uh, oh yeah. god, that's an amazing story. Why did you say someone like AJ Styles? Oh, I don't know. I just panicked because I was already, you know, I just felt the the the, the kind of pressure, the pressure of the family because yeah. Uh, yeah I just, plus, I like Brock. Well, so, I like Brock too, yeah. but I wouldn't say that Brock's my favorite wrestler in WWE. I just panicked. Uh, so, so finally, some iTunes oh, reviews god. to I close actually, the show. Like, a bit teary after that. It's really funny. Viadel twenty seven says, "You finally made Wrestle Ramble into podcast format. I love the fact that I can listen to you guys on the go without wasting all of my cellular data. You guys are the best. Much love from Puerto Rico. Keep up the good job. Woo! Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Um, 
Puerto Rico. Do you know man? how they do it down in Puerto Rico? Desposito. It's a. <laughs> it's the most watched video on YouTube ever. Is that a Bieber thing? A uh, Bieber is in it. Yes. Is he not the main thing in it? No, I believe it's featuring. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's... The only thing I know of that um, is that he refuses to sing it live, even Does when he? people request it. He says it because he's never learnt the lyrics. <laughs> that that makes sense. Yes, I think it's by Daddy Rap and uh, Daddy Rap, Daddy Rap and Ma- Mr. Okay, Sanchez. God, imagine you know you've just signed yourself. You go, I'm decided I'm going to be a star. I'm going to be a musical artist. D- he's not what, really called Daddy what, Rap. What's my name going to be? Uh, Daddy Rap. Well, I mean, we've already run out of a lot of time because of uh, we went quite long <laughs> in the video, and now we're just doing even longer podcast outros. Oh, well, I love that. Who though. does sing Desposito? So is it Justin Bieber? I told Bieber. you it was. No, no, no. It's two other guys. The because vi- they're mainly in the video. And see, look, it's with. It's Desposito with. No, it's not. It just says there, Justin Bieber, uh, Desposito. These Desposito featuring Louis Fonzi and Daddy Yankee. Oh, Daddy Yankee. Oh, okay. but then it does say Justin Bieber. <laughs> oh well, slap my mouth. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.